0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Single Scoop episode of 2023. I'm JR, and keeping in the tradition of last year, I'm going to be doing a breakdown of what I personally found to be the best and worst Korean media of the year 2022. I'll mainly be focusing on web dramas, K dramas, and movies. I will say that I didn't really have my finger on the pulse of K dramas in the year 2022. I did watch some big ones, like My Liberation Notes and Our Blues, but I honestly didn't enjoy them as much as I had thought I would, unfortunately. But there are some good ones, there's some surprises, there's some ones I really didn't enjoy, but that's all good and fun, it's all opinions here. I won't really be talking about the writers or directors of the shows or anything like that, but I do suggest you look them up on your own time if you are interested in them. I will have some light spoilers thrown in as well. I'll try not to get too in-depth on any of them. With all that out of the way, let's start with the one I found to be the most disappointing, and that is Seasons of Blossom. So this show actually started as a webtoon that was later adapted into a web drama. Web dramas are typically 10 to 30 minutes long in my experience and sometimes they have a shorter episode count than a normal K-drama. So it's just a way to have like really condensed content come out. Let me tell you a little bit about the show itself. The web drama follows a handful of high school students and high school staff as they adjust to changes happening in their lives as well as showing them come to terms with new information that sheds light on difficult events from the past. It has quite the cast, including So Ji-hoon, So Ji-yeon, Kim Min-kyu, Kang Hye-won, Yun Hyun-soo, and Oh Yujin. jin I want to put a little disclaimer here. I have been reading the actual comic since it started being released on Webtoon in March of 2021. Now, this is the English version. I'm sure it has been posted for years before that, but everything comes a bit later when it's translated into English. So I do want to say that this has greatly affected my view of the show. And to give you some context, the webtoon I found to be quite unique because it was set up in character vignettes and it kind of focused on a handful of characters during one season, fall, winter, spring, summer. And then it would go on to the next season and show other characters and there would be some ties to the previous season's characters in some way or another. So you will continually see the same characters throughout the webtoon, just in smaller roles. The show kind of decided to throw this out, and I understand why. It's got a lot shorter runtime, and they can only tell so much story during that amount of time. I don't like that, though. (laughs) I think that it really took away from the story and the characters personally. So let me get a little bit more in-depth in my thoughts. In general, I'm actually pretty upset at how the drama decided to go about the story. The show changes how certain things transpired in the webtoon, which therefore changes the emotional beats of the story. And it also messes with the characterization of certain members of the ensemble. And it just, all the changes felt poorly done is what I'm really trying to get at. The character of Somong specifically is changed to be the other members of the cast's teacher, instead of just like a college student who passes by and kind of gets entangled with them. And that completely changes the dynamic between her and Jamin, who is another main character and also a high school student. It changes their dynamic entirely, from one of a to a greater authority figure, and therefore that creates a greater divide between them. In fact, in the very first episode, the head teacher tells all the teachers, including Somang, not to do anything that can be misconstrued, and Somang and Jamin's entire relationship becomes that, which I find to be incredibly stupid and contrived given their relationship in the webtoon. It creates such a big gap between them, and Understandably so. You like, I don't think that a teacher and a student should have such a close relationship in general. And when I say relationship, I don't mean that they're dating in any way. So Mang knew Jamin's older brother and they bond over his passing. That is kind of the storyline there. So them hanging out gets very weird because she's his teacher when before she was only a few years older than him and... It just, it felt a lot less awkward in the webtoon because she was not an authority figure to him. I did not enjoy that change. I think they did it specifically because they wanted them to interact more often in the show than they had in the webtoon. And I think that was how they decided to go about that in order to bring them closer together, which I think was unnecessary. I also want to mention that the whole handling of... Jamin's brother's diary, which is an important plot point, was changed pretty significantly, in my opinion. And that messes with the trajectory of the show and makes it hit differently emotionally. In general, I also believe that they added unnecessary drama. I think that the original story was very clean and they kind of muddied it up with a lot of the changes they made. I do wanna mention a positive of the show. I think that the casting was really good and that the actors did really good with what they were given to work with. But in particular, I want to mention Oh Yujin. Jin. She plays the character of Kang Sun Hee, and I thought she was a wonderful casting choice. I think she really embodied the character very well. I thought they picked an actress that looked very similar to the comic character, which is also a plus. So the other actors did pretty well as well. I think So Ji Hoon is a great actor too. But yeah, overall... The show messed with the vignettes of the original story, like I mentioned, and that's frustrating to me at the end of the day because I think it was a very interesting setup and they could have done a lot of interesting things with it. From what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like it's going to get another season, so they mixed spring and summer from the webtoon together, leaving winter and fall kind of out cold, ironically. And we won't see the characters in those two seasons, which is disappointing. I really enjoyed the other ones. So yeah, Seasons of Blossom, that is the most disappointing show that I had watched this past year. Let's move on to what I found to be the worst K-drama of 2022, and that is Forecasting Love and Weather. This show was such a chore to get through, and that's such a shame, <laughs> because I am a huge fan of pretty much every single cast member. And for the most part, the acting was not actually the problem. I'll get into the plot right now and kind of give you a synopsis, and then I can delve a bit deeper into why I dislike the show as a whole. So Park Min Young plays Jin Ha Kyung, and Song Kang plays Lee Shi And they are employees that work at KMA, which is the Korean Meteorological Administration. It's pretty much a slice of life, slow burn show that follows the main couple and various side characters in their everyday lives. And you guessed it, it also talks about the weather. Like a lot. And... I want to preface this, another disclaimer, (laughs) by saying that I really enjoy that K-dramas have such a variety of work settings. I find it to be very entertaining and at times it can be quite informative. I've seen countless K-dramas that have really unique job situations and that can create interesting situations to watch. I don't think that was the case with this one. Not every workplace is worthy of a K-drama. The show was just boring. The writing was completely contrived because they kept on creating weather disasters, whether they were big or small. And typically this is okay because everything in media is made off of a contrivance. You need to have conflict in order for the plot to move along. But in this case, it felt incredibly inorganic And it didn't engage me, personally, very much at all. In fact, I had like three episodes still left to watch by the end of 2022. And it aired at the beginning of 2022. So I finished it, but begrudgingly. (laughs) One thing that I did enjoy was the family drama between a supporting character and his family. And I found it to be a lot more compelling to watch than Park Min Young's office romance which I found very frustrating and it's just kind of surprising to me overall because I love her acting and I find Song Kang to be a good actor too and I don't know if it's because I feel like they didn't have any chemistry or that the writing wasn't quite there but I just was not invested in their romance at all and it's unfortunate. And that being said, I didn't like pac Young's other show from 2022, Love & Contract, very much either. So I found some disappointment in both her releases, but I'm hoping that in 2023 she has some better shows lined up. Again, my opinion. If you enjoyed both these shows, I'm very happy for you. But yeah, it was not for me. Neither one was for me. And now I want to talk about a non-2022 show. I often watch K dramas that are airing in the current year, but I also like to go back in the past and see others that catch my eye. And this show, Stove Leak, or Hot Stove Leak, was one that I had intended to watch when it started airing in 2019, but I just never got around to it, and I did this past summer. So I did watch a handful of other shows that came out before 2022. Shout out to Hymn of Death. Incredible. Highly recommend it. But Stove Leak really stood out to me. The show revolves around a low-ranking baseball team and their new general manager. Min Nam Goong plays this character of the manager and it depicts his journey in trying to build the team back up into good standing. His overall cynicism is juxtaposed with Park bins character, an operations manager with an undying love and allegiance to this baseball team. So my thoughts, I loved this show it had so much heart it had such good acting the cast was lovable the pacing was good the messaging was good and overall i think the story was pretty compelling i find that i don't love sports media in general whether it be movies or television shows but prison playbook i really enjoyed as well that had less baseball but some and Stove League is now also on that list of baseball K-dramas that I really enjoy. I find baseball in Korea to be a very interesting thing. I think I can find a really great article that I read about it because from what I have read, it is quite different than american baseball not in how the game is played necessarily but how the team and the audience interacts and just the overall baseball culture is quite different which you can't really see in this show since it's the off season but in general i think that it is a very interesting difference from what i am used to being an american who has been to american baseball games That was a little bit of a tangent, coming back to my thoughts on Stove League as a whole. I really liked that there was no actual romance. I think it would have really muddied up the plot and in leaving that out, it really allowed for a clean story with a central focus and it didn't deviate from that. So I honestly don't have much else to say outside of that. I just highly recommend the show. Okay, next, let's talk about probably the best K-drama that came out of 2022, in my opinion, and that is Extraordinary Attorney Woo. This show features Park bin as an autistic attorney. It follows her character as she navigates her new job in a law firm, love lines, and the dilemmas that come with them, both moral and interpersonal. Kang tae plays her male lead, and I definitely wanted to point that out because I think he did a very good job in the show. Also, I believe I started watching Stove League because... I needed to watch more Pock and Bin after watching this show. She is probably my favorite actress, and I knew I hadn't seen Stove Leak, so I was like, gotta watch that. Gotta watch as much as I can from her. So, my thoughts on the show overall. As far as I know, I'm not on the spectrum, so I cannot speak on the portrayal of an autistic character. However, I strongly recommend doing your own research and listening to those in the community and their opinions on how the show portrayed autism. And from my own reading of those people, both professionals and just people in the community, many found it to be a well done portrayal and some had their criticisms understandably, you're never going to find anyone who does something perfectly, but you can find good things and you can find bad things. So take of that what you will. In general, though, Pakun character was very relatable to me. I felt for her plights. I could feel her discomfort and confusion as she tried to make sense of various difficult events. And I also loved how her father and best friend interacted with her. That being said, Zhu Hyun Young, the actress who played her best friend, was incredibly entertaining. I thought she was so great. I'm excited to see what else she is in in the future. Good acting all around. I'm incredibly excited and hopeful for the second season of this show, which was confirmed very soon after the last episode aired this past August. Kang Tae-oh is serving in the military right now, so we'll see if he comes back. But regardless, we probably won't see too much of that for a while. I think I read that it's going to come out in 2024. So we have until next year to see how that goes. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a very thought-provoking show since it is a law drama. I don't love law dramas. I tend to stay away from them. But I did watch this one because of and Bin, and I think that they had very interesting cases to work with, and I thought that they had very clever solutions to a lot of the cases, and I think they also utilized the characters in really good ways for that. Again, do your research on it, see what you think, and yeah, that is one I definitely recommend. Okay, now let's talk about a movie. 20th century girl is one of the movies I watched this year and it follows actress Kim Yoo Jung as she comes of age at the turn of the century. I believe it's set in 1999. So the initial plot is that Kim Yoo Jung's character is trying to get intel on a boy for her sick best friend. Hai Jing Sin and Kim Yoo Jung ends up acquiring information on the wrong boy. She gets it on the boy's best friend and she falls in love with the actual target played by Bian Wu Sok, which causes problems between the four characters because it's like a love square kind of thing that's happening. The follow-up plot has to do with Kim yoo Jong and Bianu Sok's relationship and its eventual fallout. Spoilers: <laughs> Byun moves outside of Korea and dies, and Kim Yoo Jung only finds out years later she thinks he's essentially abandoned her for many a year until she finds out that he actually passed away tragically and quite young. So, my thoughts. I like this movie. I went into it not knowing the actual plot as I tend to do with Korean movies, it's a very bad habit of mine, and I came out of it heartbroken and teary-eyed. That being said, I want to bring up another K-drama from 2022. This one called 2521. And after 20th Century Girl came out, I saw a ton of people making parallels between the show and the movie. 2521 is also set in the 90s. It is also a coming-of-age story. And it is also about a couple that does not make it. For different reasons, however. And... In a way, I think that the male character dying is kind of a more satisfying ending. And yes, I am saying that a death is more satisfying than what 2521 did. At least there was some sort of actual closure in that sense, in that relationship, that I feel like wasn't quite there with 2521. Going into the K-drama, I knew our main couple would not have a happy ending just for the way they set it up. And as it progressed, I could just see that that was not the way they wanted to go. But it just got increasingly frustrating to watch because of how much chemistry that Kim Tae-ri and Nam Joo-hyuk had. And honestly, the entire cast of that K-drama was incredible. They all acted so well. They were all so believable as their characters. But I don't know. It It was a rough one. I didn't even have 2521 as one as a show to talk in depth about because of that. Because by the end of it I just kind of had checked out because I knew they weren't gonna be together. I think that the final speech that the mom gives was nice in 2521. But overall I think Twentieth Century Girl was a much more concise view of that similar idea simply because it was a movie. But yeah, I this was one of the only movies I watched this year. So I wanted to mention it for that reason, specifically because it came out in 2022. So let's do something a bit different than last year. The next section of this episode, I am going to welcome my co-host from the K-Pop Sunday podcast, Old R. Howdy. And we're going to talk about a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, okay, we typically spend our Thursday nights watching K-dramas together. The last few months of 2022 got kind of crazy, so that was put on a hold for a little bit. But this past year, in 2022, we stumbled upon one of the wildest shows we have ever seen, and that is I Picked Up a Celebrity on the Street. I'll give a quick synopsis, and then we'll get into our thoughts on it. Kim Ga Eun plays an office worker down on her luck and very much uncaring of Sung Hoon's celebrity character. However, due to an unexpected turn of events, she comes to believe she killed him on the street. Purposely in action, but not in her target. She thought that Sung Hoon's character was her boss and you know, that makes it okay. (laughs) Anyway, from then on she kidnaps, (laughs) I can't believe this. From then on, she kidnaps him and takes him to her apartment where they are in a confined space where they have to get along. It devolves into a completely different plot, but the two end up together regardless of their nefarious not-cute-meet-cute. That's like the most basic, ground-level plot description of this show. It gets really wild as it goes on. But, Oldar, why don't you tell us your thoughts to begin with?
1: My main problem with it was the writing. From the love line to the ending, I just thought it was really stupid. And it was the only thing I have to criticize. Like the actors, I feel like, tried their best mm-hmm. considering what they were given. <laughs> like nobody on that front was lacking. Like nobody in the makeup, wardrobe department, props, housing, whatever. Nothing was lacking in that way. Just the writing of the show. And my main problem with the writing was that the justifications for the protagonist actions weren't good enough in mm-hmm. my mind. They tried showing her as having a rough day or a sad background as a way to gain sympathy, but I was still rooting for her to fail. I've (laughs) never, ever despised a protagonist, maybe Arthur Gordon Pym, as much as I have her. And time and time again, she used and abused people for her own gains. She never grew, she never learned, and when she had the opportunity to, there'd be someone who would, because the writing called for it, would say, Oh, that's okay. Mm. And she was manipulative to everyone from the guy she kidnapped to even her mother. So when it came to the love line, it felt very forced by the writers as they wanted it to happen. But by the way the characters acted leading up to it, it didn't justify it. Let alone the sympathy other characters gave her later on. Like, why are you on her side? And it didn't come off as being a dark comedy, if anything. Mm -hmm. It came off as attempting to justify and write off a serious crime
0: as being something silly. Yeah. And I think that leads very well into my point, which is the fact that this show is a tonal nightmare. It goes back and forth between something that's absolutely wild and difficult to digest and very heavy to lighthearted and happy with no buffer in between. So it's very jarring. And their aim, I believe, was black comedy. So it just, it ended up not hitting the mark because black comedy, when done well, is very entertaining. Like, I completely agree with what you said. There was no justification for what she did. I feel like the writers have like watched a few K-dramas before and they're like, ah, the audience responds well when it's a character who has you know, these, these personal problems and it's sad and all this stuff, but they didn't take into account the rest of the plot. They were just like, as long as she has this backstory or she has this current situation, everything else is justified. And that's crazy. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs)
1: Well, the thing that got me was that like, okay, so she accidentally knocked out the wrong guy who she believed was her boss. Okay. So she thought that she killed him understandable. Like, she did one thing that was wrong. Understandable why her reason could be. But the problem was that she just kept going, and she mm-hmm. had so many opportunities for outs, but she kept going. Like, when she thought he was dead at one point, she was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to destroy the body, and then found out he was alive, and then there was another point she went, I should just bury him. Like, there was no point where, like, she turned around. There was also one point where she was gonna extort him for money, so that way she could leave the country. Mm-hmm. Like... There was never any turning point, never any recognition that what she was doing was wrong, and the way the writing came off, it didn't condone any of it. Yep. It sort of laughed it off, and the other thing that got me was that when they tried to show the backstory of her being sad, it was like, okay, if you are at all into true crime, you know how many serial killers do have terribly sad backstories to them like, their childhood and stuff. She didn't have anything close to that. She just had a financially disadvantaged background didn't have a father in the picture but no abuse nothing that would be like okay i get where she had like this turning point where she decided that physical violence
0: was a viable option
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an option on the table and it's not like she did this out of self-defense either. Right, Like there was literally, it was literally just, hey, look, she almost killed this guy and then every time where she thought she killed him because she really (laughs) concussed him many times and didn't know how to tell if he was dead or not. Absolutely ridiculous. That she was like, well, got to destroy the body and flee the country. Mm -hmm. That was her motivation throughout the whole thing. She never was like, wow, this poor dude who was just wandering in an alley, I knocked him out and I keep basically knocking him out. And the only reason why I'm keeping him around, basically, is
0: to, one, not have my cover blown, two, to extort money out of Mm -hmm. him. Like, that was it. Yeah. And that makes it difficult to talk about Hoon's character because it's like he's in a traumatic situation. The thing is, okay, I feel like some people are going to be hearing this and they're going to be like, this is just a K-drama. It's not that serious. Why are you taking it so seriously? The subject matter is not handled in a way that is funny or thought-provoking. And so yeah. you are sitting there watching incredibly uncomfortable situations unfold with none of that, like, suspension of disbelief. You're just watching crime. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's wild. And be it being left off. Exactly, exactly. So you can't criticize Sung Hoon's character because there's too much happening with her to be like, well, he's doing something stupid too. Well, the
1: other thing is that, like, if you were to argue, well, he didn't do this, 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 it's like, he's had so many serious concussions. (laughs) Like, I am shocked that he didn't just bleed out on her carpet at some Mm. point. Because of the amount of times where she knocks him out and he's, like,
0: full-on unconscious for, like, hours. And, honestly, they don't give him any injuries that are visible, if I remember correctly. He doesn't have any bruises or cuts. Oh, he got slammed into cement. Yeah. So, it's just, like, everything is just handled in such a flippant way that you're just yeah. like, This is this is not right. You it just feels uncomfortable to watch.
1: Whereas you just reminded me, another drama that we both have watched, do Let's Go to School, mm. where it does feature the protagonist who's basically extorting money. That's an episode that'll come up at some point. <laughs> but basically he acts as the word term that they use is gigolo, but obviously escort is probably the more better way to do it in this time period, because that drama was done in 2004. Mm-hmm. But you understand his motivations. He's trying to pay his daughter's hospital bill because she has some unknown disease, which later turns into cancer, and you're just like feeling for him that he doesn't want to be there. The only reason that he got into it was because he's scared that he's going to lose his daughter, mm-hmm. who's the only thing he cares about in this world. And his uncle... Was in the business and was like, here, I'm going to teach you. And he's like, I'm desperate to make money for my kid. And he's disgusted by his actions throughout the whole thing. And when he gets an opportunity to get out of it, he goes for it. He only gets into it when he has to. When he feels like he's got to save someone's life. Right. Whereas this did not have nearly the justification. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have that moment of gravity. Right. Where, like, sang Doo can be pretty goofy and silly. You watched it too, JR, you yeah, know that there is some yeah. wild stuff that happens at the school and stuff. But even with the kids, there's such funny moments. When they try to do that with this, it just comes off as not realizing what's wrong.
0: Right. It's one thing to root for a character who has motivations of an antagonist. Like I can't think of a K-drama right. off the top of my head, but something like Ocean's Eleven. They are obviously doing something right. wrong, but the villain is a bigger antagonist than they are right? So you're like, okay, there's a little give here. It's understandable to root for a bunch of thieves in this situation. But here, because she is continually assaulting an innocent person, it's just like, what? Why? Why is this entertainment? It's not it's not funny.
1: Also, she's conning the people around her mm-hmm. and gaslighting them mm-hmm. into being like, Oh, well, why aren't you supporting me? I'm the one who's the victim here. Yeah. She constantly does that. Yeah. Like to her poor neighbor. Like when she knows that there's someone who's kind hearted or someone who isn't very intelligent, she takes advantage of that. Yep. She sees that and she uses that to her own advantage. There's no like, okay, she's a bad person, but I'm on her side anyway. Like there's none of that here. Like I have no reason Right. To root for it. Like, especially at towards the end when they're in the warehouse, I'm like, could somebody shut her up and <laughs> take everyone else to the hospital? Yeah. Like, there is that other subplot where I remember at the beginning, we were watching this, Darren and I were like, surely they're not going to justify this. Surely there's going to be something else. Yeah. And I remember telling her, I said that the only way that they could justify it is if she had saved him from a worse fate, mm-hmm. which I had told her that. Yeah, yeah. And I Very guessed that then. right. And I was like... But, but even I still then, don't
0: care about her, her <laughs> we were like, it doesn't feel bad. right. Like the justification still isn't quite there, even though had okay, had she actually killed him, it's not a worse fate. Like no. there, there, I don't know. There's too many layers to
1: it. They also like him going on her side, and also like the love lines at that. I felt like they just did it, just because the writers wanted it, right. not because it made any sense to the plot right. or the characters' mm-hmm. activities. It, it made. No sense. Like later on when like they're interacting and they're more on even ground and not just chaining him in her apartment, literally. That's
0: understandable. But the stuff leading up to it, no. Yeah, there was no organic like, oh, maybe I kind of actually like this person. It's just an uncomfortable relationship from the get-go and it kind of feels like Stockholm syndrome at some point because he ends up really liking her and the the entire yes. time she's trying to either kill him or flee the country because of her crimes. So there's no point where money. there's like a catalyst and you're like, oh, I understand why this relationship is progressing in this way. It just doesn't hit emotionally at any point. And you're just like sitting there thinking, how did they come from here to here? And now they're together? Like what i understood kind of the middle bit once again when he was free but
1: that was like so far delayed Mm -hmm. from their relationship starting it was like okay that part's like okay i can go with but the whole time she's torturing him and then also he understandably as a captive is like i have these food requests and so then she works all these jobs trying to get it and stuff And she's complaining to him, like, how could you make me work like this? And he's like, maybe just let me go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's just, they had an idea, they ran with it, but maybe if people who were younger might be okay with that, but, like, me as someone who is an adult in her 30s, I was just horrified. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what I see, like, in true crime. (laughs) The only difference is that it's got a cute, cutesy soundtrack. Yes,
0: yes. You changed the music of this show. That's it. And you're watching a horror. It's it. (laughs) That's the other thing. I think it was really unbalanced in how long she held him captive. I think if they had cut that down significantly, it would have helped somewhat if
1: it was like maybe the first three episodes because usually the first three episodes are like the launching point Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. like establishing okay here's where they started here's where the plot is going and all the complications start showing up by the third episode yeah yeah if they had stopped it there and then had him free but had this whole other conflict to where he had to come back and he was like I know you're crazy, but nobody else knows who you are. Like, they did that later on. Yeah, give her some sort of redemption
0: arc during that middle ground, where it's like she feels some remorse. She wants to get his forgiveness. I don't know if she actually says I'm sorry. I don't remember. It's been a while. Or if it is, (laughs) like, it gets blown off. Yeah. There is a time, once again,
1: where... He did try to go back to his life and there's someone, that's when the other plot of there was someone who was trying to kill him mm-hmm. happened and he's like, I'm not safe at my company. I'm right. not safe at my home. They know my key code. So he was like, nobody knows you. So I'm going to back to your house. Which is hilarious. But if they had done that in episode four, I would have understood it more. Yep. Where he's like, you at least are incompetent killer. So I can trust <laughs> that I will die at your hands. Even though I'll have to go to the ER. But <laughs> it was like, what, episode 10 or something? By the time that that happened? It was some really late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and don't know. It's like, remember well, that's exactly. where the interesting stuff happened. Yeah, yeah it just would have been much better if they had shortened the crime part. <laughs> like, I know that, like, that's the whole thing of she got him off the street and she's trying to hide him. But it just lengthens out her crime. And it mm-hmm. just felt really disconnecting to me, where it's like, I don't have any reason to feel bad for you yeah
0: and they didn't even make it cutesy you know what i mean like there is no point during this captivity where you're like oh i could see how someone can misconstrue that action no she just binds him up she feeds him sometimes like (laughs) it just it doesn't make sense that that's what gets me. Okay? People actually like this show. If you go on Vicky and search it, it has almost 50,000 ratings with an average of 9 out of 10. But it is objectively poorly written, but all the reviews are people saying it's quirky and different, which is it's oh, no. it's shocking to me. I I cannot believe that almost 50,000 people have rated it so highly and don't see anything wrong with it. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm also wanting to know how old they are. Uh, Yeah. Because there's been this discussion in first gen recently about how people who are teenagers and viewing content don't view it the same way as 20 to 30 year olds. Of course, yeah. Because either we've had experience with crime or we're more aware of stuff. But there's certain things that are going on in first gen where, like, the older people are like, you need to stop this. Like, this is going to end badly. And I'm wondering how many of them are younger. Mm -hmm. Like, it. It's not like oh, all teenagers wouldn't get this. Like when I was a teenager, I was learning genocide. Like that was like my field I was interested in because I was like, how can people be so terrible? But I think though a lot of them, when they see it played as a K drama, it's considered as being a bit more easier to mm-hmm. digest because it, it has is meant the K drama filter on it. Audience,
0: you know, it's got bright yeah. saturation, bubbly music, pretty people, and so you can kind of. You can kind of shield your eyes (laughs) to the actually terrible stuff that is happening.
1: (laughs) I I just had a lot of questions. Wait, let me look up something real quick. Is this the one where the writer made me angry? I
0: think it was. In this this breakdown, I don't typically go into Mm -hmm. who wrote it. Okay, I want to... I think
1: this is the person who wrote all. If that's true, I'm going to be... Yeah,
0: I remember us looking it up and just being I can't remember if it
1: was this one or if it was somewhere awestruck. else. Awestruck. Even, okay, like, the poster for it even shows her in, like, the gloves and the goggles and the apron when she was going to dissolve his body. Mm-hmm. Turned into Breaking <laughs> like, Bad. Talking to, like, the neighbor.
0: Yeah, uh, like, it really should have been cut as something more serious. Yeah, that's the issue. They didn't lean into one genre far enough For it to be acceptable in either genre it was trying to be in. (laughs) Had it been more cutesy, okay, that's fine. Had it been more dark, also, you know, a bit better. But there was no grip to it. Yeah, so
1: I think my biggest beef with the writing is that one of the writers wrote all. And that's
0: AWL, the K-drama. Inamgu.
1: Yeah, all AWL, yeah. That one was heart-wrenching. It was so good. And I see on this list that he's done other detective stuff, but just the way that this was done, it was like, what are you doing? Like, this had three writers. And one of them, like, from seeing all, I was so impressed with his
0: work. Yeah. I think when we were watching it and we found out that there were all these people who had worked on it, we were just like, somebody had somebody in their pocket and they're like, this needs to be made because... You know, either there was some weird contract that must have gone through or it was someone's odd pet project or something like that, because it just is that bad. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to be made.
1: Yeah, the fact that people are claiming this is dark humor, it's like, this is not dark humor, my dude. (laughs) Please,
0: please watch some some good dark humor.
1: (laughs) This is just straight up doing
0: crime and laughing it off.
1: This is like, what, 2018?
0: Mm hmm. I'm not sure where this actually aired because I think it was o- it was only a 10 episode K drama and that was not Wasn't common. it only on Viki? It might have been a Viki original, yeah, which makes a lot more sense.
1: Which you know as it, not everything should be just for broadcast mm-hmm. on like the mm-hmm. main sh- channels. But at the same time though, I'm wondering if they got rejected from the main channels so then they're like Viki has an open door and doesn't care, so we're going to go with them. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Once again, though, I think the people who are rating it high might be of a younger demographic mm-hmm. that doesn't really get tone or, like, how serious crimes are. Yeah. Because, like, they're calling it a dark comedy saying, oh, but it's kind of quirky and cutesy. It's no, like, it's you can dress it up however you like. It's, crime's a crime, I Which mean. is
0: frustrating because there are good black comedies. There are good shows that deal with heavy material like this in a funny way. This one is not that.
1: Well, as I told JR, skip the time watching
0: this. Go watch Panda Gomes Kill Your Darlings instead. Mm -hmm. Just better for you. Good song. Very good video. Very violent video. Do you want to throw that out there?
1: It is. If you're going to watch this show, though, let's be real here. You're someone who When it comes to true crime, you're not interested in hearing how the dude got caught. You're not interested in seeing justice for the family. You just want torture porn. Let's call it like it is. (laughs) Oh,
0: hot take. (laughs) Very quickly, I do want to mention that for the most part, we were fine with the wardrobe direction that they went in. But at one point, I don't even remember the context of why she had to wear like a kind of sexy dress. Completely escapes me. But- at some point, she does have to wear a very pretty, quote unquote, <laughs> forfitting red dress. But the thing was, it was so ugly that it was almost comical to us. <laughs> it was an odd length. It was off the shoulder, but it also had sleeves. So that combination of clothing elements in one dress makes for a very awkward piece of clothing to wear. So she was just, you could tell the actress was uncomfortable wearing it because it'll either ride down or ride up, and both of those are bad (laughs) when you're wearing a dress like that.
1: Even when she was trying to just stand
0: there, she was clearly very
1: uncomfortable in the dress, which made me wonder if it was a late addition Mm. to the script. Like, it was a sponsored thing. Right. Where it's like, you gotta show our dress
0: because it didn't make any sense. If I remember correctly, it was a very strange scene. And then they have her fall out the window at the end. And he has to like yeah. reel her back in while he's chained up, which is With wild. With his feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With his
1: feet. he <sighs> had Because he was still chained up, so he couldn't really help her much. And she was trying to catch a screen yeah. from the window. And he was trying very hard not to look up her dress. And he's he was... Tr- really trying to be respectful to her even though she was trying to seduce him just like a couple minutes prior yeah. which once
0: again really weird so strange but- such such strange plot points it was it was not a good time we had to finish it because of how absurd it was we were just like we need to see how they tried to wrap everything up and you know they yep. didn't do a great job <laughs>
1: That's what I was waiting for. I was like, one of the writers did all, and that was incredible. Like, surely, surely they're gonna like turn a corner and it's gonna be great. And it's just like, oh, just you know, just the first episodes. No, no, no. It if anything, it went more and more off the rails, especially at the end. Mm -hmm. So, how would you rate it out of ten? Probably a three, generous, because the writing affected so much of it. But once again, I didn't have a problem with the actors. Mm -hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. have a problem with anything else. Like, there wasn't really a MacGuffin right. um, to have an issue with. It was just the motivations and the justifications and the tone just weren't great. <laughs> if a show has bad writing, no matter how good I kind of think it is, like, I will immediately dislike it like it's not even like it was meant to be bad that way i could enjoy it like emergency act 19 it's intentionally bad right obviously how bad it ended up being that wasn't intentional (laughs) but they knew that it was going to be stupid going into it whereas this kind of is like trying to be cutesy like it's not trying to be like a midnight movie basically like a drama version of that it's not Mm -hmm. attempting that which i think that they should have gone for I think that they went all the way and went that way, then it would have been way better. Then it's like, okay, I get you. But they were not.
0: No, that is for sure. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Old R, for coming on my 2022 Korean media discussion. We have another one that we watched last year, another single scoop coming out sometime in the next few months. So keep your eye out for that. And we'll likely be watching other things that we may or may not make single scoops on. So more information on all that will come out soon. Thank you, Old R, for coming on, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Annyeong. Okay, so we're coming to the home stretch. I just have a few more things I want to talk about, and then I'll be wrapping up. But the next section, I want to talk a little bit about OSTs now. One of those OSTs came from a show I didn't actually watch. It is "Bite" by D.O. I think the show was called Something Prosecutor. I'm not exactly sure what it was because I didn't actually end up watching it. However, I came across this song when I was listening to Spotify. It just was one of those ones that randomly came up and it got stuck in my head. Anything with D.O. I'll listen to slash watch. I just didn't have a chance to watch this show yet. I definitely will be because I have some other DO related projects coming out hopefully this year. But I'm just so happy that he had a release this year, even if it was just an OST. And it's a very catchy song. So I highly recommend it. The next OST I want to mention is Lost Game by G-Soul. And this is from the show Revenge of Others. It was a Disney Plus release, I believe. And I really liked the show up to a certain point i think that the ending was pretty weak i didn't like the direction they decided to go with soji Hoon's character and that kind of soured the whole thing for me in my opinion overall the show wasn't groundbreaking in any way but i think that this song captured the show really well and in a way the lyrics kind of (laughs) kind of gave away the ending when you really think about it which i like a lot but G-Soul is definitely someone I want to do some more research on. I believe he was in, it was either YG or JYP for 15 years before he debuted. So he is a seasoned (laughs) singer for sure. But yeah, I really enjoyed those two songs. They're linked if you want to listen to them. All right, so let's talk about some of the show's that I mentioned in 2021 as wanting to watch in 2022. By the end of 2021, there were already articles and lists of shows that would be released in 2022. And a few of them I had put in my list of things I wanted to eventually watch when they came out. Now, I didn't watch any of the stuff mentioned (laughs) in that list, except for Yumi's Cells season two. I didn't watch these for various reasons. Dream the movie with Ayu and Park Seo Joon is still yet to come out. I think in mid-2022, they actually finally finished filming, so it's been in post-production all this time, I would assume, and hopefully that will be coming out in 2023. The Sound of Magic and Tomorrow were two others that I had seen in lists that initially had caught my eye, particularly because Ji Chang-wook and Roan were in them. But The Sound of Magic and Tomorrow's promotional materials were released and I just didn't really have any draw to either of them and so I didn't end up watching them. But now that I have mentioned Yumi's Cell Season 2, I'll talk about it real quick. Like I mentioned last year, I really enjoy the gimmick of Yumi's cells having their own ecosystem within her. And I think it's really cute. I think the animation's really cute. And I think it makes for some really funny visual gags. And I think they really took that as far as, maybe not as far as it could go, but they really pushed it. And some of them were strange. I will give it that. But for the most part, I do think it gave it a very unique... Spin on a slice of life kind of romance, drama, mellow type thing that it was going for. I also thought it was strange that <laughs> I think they were going for like a romantic cell ecosystem within the character of Bobby, and that's why they had like sombreros and Spanish guitars. <laughs> but I thought it was a strange choice. Didn't love that. But I did think that the addition of the super like kind of Chad. Cells were absolutely hilarious. I really liked that. I thought Jin Young did a great job as Bobby, but I still really missed on Bo Hyun's character. I haven't read the Webtoon. I believe it's over a thousand chapters long at this point, and it's not one of those ones where you can like sit and binge it, you have to have a pass, you have to like pay for the episodes, and that is a lot of money. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how closely it follows it i think that there was nothing that was like jarring or out of place in the plot that would make me say oh they really changed this i don't like this but apparently the next male lead is a character named shinsun rock so i don't think that woong on bohyun's character will ever get his redemption as a boyfriend which is really unfortunate because even in this season where he did show up a few times he was just really I don't know, they did such a good job with the first season, and he was a very lovable character, and they were a very cute couple. So, I know that going into the second season with Bobby as the main male lead, that kind of was difficult for a lot of fans to accept understandably it was kind of difficult for me to accept because even though I enjoyed Bobby's character and some aspects just seeing her interact with Wung again was like oh I kind of wish that they kept on going in that direction but from what I understand that's just kind of the way the webtoon goes so they were staying somewhat faithful to that plot line I also think that that was probably part of the reason for the ratings of this show not going quite as high as the first season, at least according to Wikipedia's breakdown of the viewership. That's always going to happen, I feel like. Having a character go from one boyfriend to the next, you're going to have people on teams and it's just not going to work out (laughs) great because, you know, people have their loyalties, so... We'll see if they do a third season, what they will do with that. It seems possible, given what those who have worked on it have said. They did say they want to take a little break because there was a lot of material that they split over these two seasons and it was 2021, 2022. We will not be getting the season in 2023 from what it seems. But when it does come out, hopefully, if it does, I will be giving it a watch okay so looking forward to 2023 i want to talk about some things that i'm excited for sweet home season two is coming out this year from what i've seen and i'm really interested to see how this works because from what i remember the show ended kind of along the webtoons finale i did finish the webtoon i read the whole thing so it wasn't an exact match from what i remember but it was close enough that you're like where are they going with it next So I suppose they will follow a new story, even though a lot of the first season actors will be coming back. So I'll be very excited to see what they do with that, because I really enjoyed Sweet Home. It kind of ushered in a horror era for me. I don't love horror. It's not my favorite genre by any means. But... I did start watching a little bit more horror after watching the first season of that show. I like Song Kang a lot. He's a great actor, in my opinion. I thought he did a really good job in that role. So I'm excited to see him play it again. Okay, another Webtoon turned K-drama is The Girl Downstairs. However, I believe that they're actually going to call the show Duna after the female main character. And okay, I have read... The webtoon, I'm a little bit behind on it, so I'm not all the way up to date or anything like that. Hopefully I'll be done with it by the time that the show is out, if the, sh- if the webtoon is finished. I'm not sure how many episodes it has in total. But I think it's an interesting story, even if it's not groundbreaking. It's pretty, I don't want to say compelling. It's not exactly compelling. It keeps your interest, though, for sure. I am a bit concerned with the casting, however, because the characters are in their early college years. It starts out, I believe, with the main character being a freshman in college, and Duna is a year or so older than him. And they've cast Susie and Yang Sejong as the mains, and they're around 10 years out from that age. I'm not saying that they look old, I'm saying they look their age, and their age is pushing 30. So hopefully they'll be believable in these roles. Maybe they'll age the characters up. I'm not sure exactly, but we'll see how that works out. Some shows that are also gonna get some seasons. This is this is wild to me. Having multiple seasons of K-dramas, I have experienced K dramas for so long where they just end and you don't get anything after they end and that would sometimes like kind of twist your heart a little bit. But now we're getting all these multiple season shows and it's really cool. That being said, I do enjoy the miniseries format. I don't think every show needs a second season. But some shows that I'm looking forward to are Dr. Romantic Season 3. I am almost done with this first season. And I'm really excited to start the second season because I know that one did really well. Like the first season did well too. But yeah, the second season, I heard a lot of great things about it. Kim Min Jae has a bigger role from what I understand in the second season. And I believe he's coming back for the third season. So we'll see how that works out. DP season two is also coming out. I wrote a review of the first season of that on my Tumblr and I really enjoyed it. I'll also link my Tumblr because that's also something I wanna get back into writing about shows I enjoy. Last year I said I was gonna do that, but last year was an absolute mess and it didn't work out in that way. And then somewhat of a sequel to Strong Woman Do Bong Soon is coming out. It's called Strong Woman Kang Nam Soon. And I believe the actress from Squid Game The one that everyone loved, even though she was just in a single episode. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I believe she's playing the main character. So I'm really excited to see this. I enjoyed the first season of the show. I don't know if this is going to be like a direct sequel to it and we'll see a lot of the characters from the first miniseries or if it's going to kind of be adjacent and maybe we'll get a few cameos. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm really excited for it. And then finally, The Uncanny Counter season two is coming out. Now, I have not seen the final episodes of The Uncanny Counter. I have just a few left. So I'm not even sure how the show ends and how they'll make a second season work from the point that I have seen up to. But I think it'll be a really interesting one to get a second season for because I really like the world building and the setting of this first season so far. So if they're going to continue on with that, I'm all for it. Anyway, there are so many others coming out. Maybe I'll do a mid-year rundown in a few months and kind of update you guys on what I've been watching since then, and I'll keep I'll keep the best obviously for the end of the year, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this upcoming year of K-dramas. I'm hoping that I'll be able to watch a few more and that I'll enjoy a few more because I feel like it was a little bit of a dry year for me. But yeah, these were my thoughts for just a handful of the shows that came out in 2022. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter, at K-Pop Sunbase or on our other social media platforms which will be in the description. More single scoops are coming your way soon, and I just want to say thanks everyone. Bye!